driven. Created. Hello everyone and welcome back to season two of the Be Velocity podcast and this is episode 10 and I'm Deborah and I'm Ellie your host and we'll be speaking to our guest Charlotte Rushforth. Charlotte is part of the family run team Alistair Rushforth Motorsports. We'll mostly be talking about the opportunities and experiences that she's had in motorsports and yes her role in the family team and the bounce back from the setback as well. Let's welcome Charlotte. Hello, Charlotte. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Again, welcome and thank you for joining us. How have you been and and how does it feel to get back trackside again? Yeah, it, it, feel, it feels really good. It feels like there was a massive break and unlike last season where there was like a big bit of quiet and we started in June, this time we're back reasonably early. And I've had a busy few weeks, um, but it's good busy, not bad busy. So could you tell us about your role at Alistair Rushforth Motorsports? Go ahead, Charlotte, give us all the details on the family, essentially, really. (laughs) So I've pretty much obviously grown up in it. So it's I've done everything and anything. Um, But as I've grown older, I've actually decided that I wanted to go in that as like a, a job um so I do sort of the data engineering side um so that's working with v-box systems and um also race studio and systems like that and we I work with the drivers quite closely um we've had a lot of junior drivers but now we have gg5 so they're a bit older um but I just look at collect information off that and just talk them through it but as we're quite a small team I end up having to do little bits of everything. Um, you sometimes see me walking around taking pictures um, of the cars. And also as we work with junior drivers, we just sort of try and make sure that they're welcomed into the team and not really scared and intimidated because it is an intimidating environment. But I'm also would say it's a fair pair of hands. I, as I've got older, I think I'm a little bit more useful than when I was younger. <laughs> um, but if there is any lifting and carrying, I try and muck in, especially with taking down the awning after a very long British touring car weekend. You've been doing a lot with the Fiesta Junior Championships, haven't you? Yes, we've gone back to doing that this year. Um, we had a little bit of a sabbatical last year, um, but we had two drivers in 2020. But we've we've come back this year with James Pope um, and we've sort of been family friends with them and known them for a few years um but it's quite a friendly paddock so we're 
we're glad to be we're glad to be back but also with work I feel like it's with working with juniors you actually feel like you're making a big sort of step in their career with motorsport um so if I can be any influence there it's quite it's quite rewarding working with Fiesta Juniors but also as I'm quite young myself um I'm a teenager as well I can feel like I can sort of relate to them a bit more and hopefully they find it less less scary talking to a teenager than sometimes with working with the adults. How old are you just out of interest? So I'm 17 but I'm turning 18 this year. I know. My. I know. Do you know where you feel like so many people are so young have done so much and you're just dead proud. I feel like that one of their moments this evening I think is gonna is gonna come along for you Charlotte. <laughs> see I have been following you on Instagram and obviously the family team but what I'm really keen to know is what is your ultimate goal what are you looking to achieve especially in your role at the moment where are you looking to go so after I finish um, my degree I'm hoping to go sort of down like be a data engineer race engineer sort of that style of role Um, I know everyone has the F1 dream um, but as I've grown up sort of watching British touring cars and stuff like, like British GT, I've always sort of wanted to work in British touring cars. I know it doesn't give me the jet setting lifestyle to, you know, Saudi Arabia, Monza, everywhere like that. But actually, I'd rather be sort of a race engineer with the, with the cars in Knock Hill. If that instead of instead of Monza, sometimes Knock Hill's also good. So that British touring cars, I'd say, is probably the dream great championship and I love yeah. how that's expanded through the years I, I really do rate that championship and you've been involved in the British touring car paddock for for a while haven't you yeah with Janessa Juniors um so we were doing that started off 2019 when I started working with that um and 2020 so I think it's given me quite a lot of exposure to the championship um and I've been able to sort of talk to people in British Touring Car teams um, and some of our driver coaches. With junior drivers, we have a lot of driver coaches. Um, so we've had everyone from Bobby Thompson, Aidan Moffat, those sort of people um, have sort of given me that exposure to the championship, which has definitely made me sort of want to go down that route, not just F1. That's amazing. I've got a question for you, Charlotte. So I'm intrigued of how obviously you see different teams in different motorsports collect data I'm intrigued of how you collect the data and how you compile it and how you tell the drivers or is there anything you mainly look out for or you set on one department or is there more of you than just yourself that that type of thing I'm, I'm intrigued in that department so like I said it's it is a small team I know a lot of people wouldn't expect a Janessa team to have a 17 year old girl doing the data it's but that's how I've sort of um, we had the systems put in place when we started working in Janetta Juniors and we were all sort of new to it. We've gone from the days of having dash cams and an MG to them being told, here's your V-Box, here's Race Studio 3 and here's ECU data, do, do something with it and t- teach your juniors how to drive. Um, uh, so the main, the main bits is with Race Studio 3, um, cars are left in Park Ferme for a while, for what feels like a while for us. It's not that long, <laughs> it's like a while. Um, so it's all about sort of like turning the car on, plugging you're plugging it in, and then. But it's also I, I've said to a lot of people because I work with um, some of the in like the officials' office 
on for, for fun on a, some spare weekends and all we get video cards come in and they're so unorganized and actually one of my bits is trying to organize all of that making sure it's the right driver or whatever it's not just says unknown and everything it's it seems like a small task but it is one of those things that that we also have to do and it's it's boring but we have to do it but I always do sort of I work alongside my brother you know I've got, we've got to work together on this and um so if he says someone's not sure about the battery and everything I go on ratio do three check the voltage do sort of work alongside that water temperature all of the sort of engineering details um but I also do circuit tools that with the v-box system um and actually for some people the video for the video cards in the laptops it's it's not difficult ICT but for <laughs> some people it can be it can be really hard um so that's so that's sort of part of I do all of that make sure it's set up but also working with, actually with sort of analyzing it with um driver coaches like I said Bobby Thompson um we've had Max Coates a few of them come in and, and help us and you know it's track maps all of that sort of sort of setting up the screen and actually we we have a nice tv in our shiny new truck um, <laughs> and just getting it to put onto there projected onto there just little details but also analyzing it as well amazing yeah um thank you for that that's what I wanted to know this evening <laughs> it's just obviously when we listen to other people and we've had different people from different motorsport backgrounds and just how they obviously compile data or how they look at it and yeah I'm just intrigued to know how you sit there and analyze it so like say you're midweek between a race do you do the same from like previous data given before and then you kind of monitor it along is that how it also works yeah so I think especially with the race studio three system that we have um we also do that if we're sort of we're sitting in the in the workshop you check the revs on that and um, so there's a lot that's a, one of the biggest bit of parts of behind the scenes is um, with the data during the week is that actually and then the ECU um, there's a system that we use to plug into the car um, and which is genetic regulated and people can see different stuff on the from the ECU on there um, but also during the week yeah we transfer video files um, between our junior drivers but I also look myself to see you know where they were where they were losing out on time and everything but comparing it to we have a drive coach on a Friday mm-hmm. not necessarily do we have a drive coach Saturday to Sunday so we I just look and match up what my thoughts were with Alice's thoughts as he was he used to do a lot of driving and then just sort of compile all of that so that when we do go to a track again you know I've had I found files from Donington Park 2020 still is useful today so it's sort of that's okay. sort of sort of information that is done in a week amazing thank you for that insight thank you so right. you doing my job <laughs> <laughs> so here at the podcast we are also so very keen so obviously you've been through like your ultimate goal so now what has got you hooked in to the sport and where did it all begin for you so I think I have different sort of sections because of when when it happened because 
when I was when I was younger I was really interested and then I had that little phase where I was just like oh it's the boring stuff my dad and brothers do you know I just I think because it came at such an ease of access I was just like everyone else would go oh that's so cool you know the boys at school would be like that's so cool race car like race cars and stuff um and then I was like um maybe it's not maybe it's not so interesting <laughs> so when I was younger like I would definitely I would go to a lot of race weekends with my dad um and the MG live seeing my brother's race was great experience and even then I was sort of not marketing but I would be handing out posters and even if it was to rival teams because I didn't know any difference when I was younger I was still going do you want some merchandise even if they were <laughs> the wrong teams to be offering merchandise to but I think around 13 14 um which isn't which isn't ages ago um, yeah but I, we, when we started doing Janessa Juniors again I think it made made motorsport seem more glamorous and more appealing and everything and it, it just sparked my interest again but also by seeing people that were similar age to me getting involved that completely like blew my mind that people like like my age were racing these cars um which definitely sort of sparked my interest again um and I think British touring cars not being glamorous but I think it was slightly more glamorous to what I was used to with with MG Live and us all sitting sitting in like a little gazebo with barbecues and everything it went from that to big awnings um and Janetta hospitalities and stuff like that and you know more the smoke and lights compared to what we what I was used to and I think getting involved with that but also being interested in junior motorsport more because it just felt more relatable so that's how with fiestas was also interesting as well amazing so what do you love about like the different championships like you've been involved with and like what would you say is the best one obviously british touring cars is obviously the ultimate but yeah what is what do you think the difference is so i think i really i think what sparked my interest again was genetia juniors um and like i said it just felt more relatable as seeing people my age do it um and it is quite a close one to being as glamorous as GT racing is. Um, but I, I think I would say at the moment of all the championships like we do, Fiesta Juniors is my favourite because it actually reminds me of more of what we were like in, when we were doing like MGs because I've gone from being like, I love the it being more glamorous and British, British GT. It's not that glamorous for me, but just seeing that, the way it's presented, I preferred at the start and now now I've gone back to like a, a phase where I'm actually like no I like the whole family environment you know and just it's like more relaxed um so Fiesta Juniors is my favorite at the moment but I do miss doing some other championships like MGs and stuff like that seeing my own brother's race was a little was something I miss at the moment but Fiesta Juniors would probably be my favorite Amazing. what a great great little championship that is I'm going to follow on with this question because we've talked about British GT, we've talked about British touring cars and all the support races involved in that championship and obviously Fiesta Juniors and MG. Is there any other championships you follow or do you think that don't get enough exposure? So in other words, give them a shout out. Let us know about them. Yeah, well, I... I work, um, I sort of volunteer for Classic Sports Car Club. Mm-hmm. Um, and when people, when I talk about Classic Sports Car Club a lot, people just envision really old classic cars, 
it, it not being really sort of available to a wider audience and everything, but actually I've watched it progress over the years and actually it's become more available and the grid. So there's a series called Tin Tops, um, which my dad helped develop years ago now. Um, but with that, like it is actually more, more available. We have cars like Fiestas, we have uh, like JCW minis in there and everything. And I don't think it gets enough coverage because the racing is really close. And um, I think people sort of mind shut off when they hear classic cars but we have like modern series as well and actually some of the genetas we've um there's genetta g55s and that are raced in our sort of club but there's also genetta g40s and everything and i think i would advise i'm also the same sometimes i'm like oh classic cars i've grown to love them a bit from from my dad doing sort of classic minis and everything but actually it is slightly more modern and it is available for all to do now and it is it is becoming more cost effective because there is sort of series for every car I would say in our club. I'm, I'm going to say this actually there's some championships now that I think are more affordable for people that have a low budget um, and what I like about family run teams I think they're more realistic when it comes to costings compared to as you go further up the chain so to speak um is is that would you would you agree with that or I would yeah I would agree with that I think to in in my opinion of we you know my dad it does that helps with the finances um sort of not what he does is you know like an accountant basically yeah and you know, my brother does that as well and works on it. And I would, I would, I would agree with that. I think because you, from our experience, you know, Alistair could have, could have wanted to go into British Touring Cars and driven in there or whatever. But you know, we wouldn't have had the, you know, all of the money to keep doing British Touring Cars or him to race that. But actually, I think so. You have more of an understanding, especially if it's family-run team and you've got that racing experience. We, we have that experience of being like, no, we can't afford British Touring Cars. We can't do that. So I think you're more like empathetic, I think, mm. to, to people that funding wise, that you're not, you're not gonna over, want to overcharge because we know the feeling of not being able to, to sort of go into British Touring Cars or whatever with, with as a family team. And I think you've sort of have more, it's more heart, I think, from being as a family. Um, and just, I think everyone feels the emotions together. And I think you do as a team, but when it's employees, sometimes there isn't that same emotion as when you actually have to bring it home with you, you do feel that raw emotion a bit more. So I think you feel more empathetic to the dad and son that want to get into racing, because I think my dad can see that in himself and Alistair. Um, so I think, I would agree with you there. I love pri privateers and family run teams. You you do, you just get a different perspective. And when you see teams that start like in a lower championship and just grow and grow and grow and evolve, 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 evolve. I'm always talking about evolving and other bits like that. But I, I absolutely love it because it just shows you how much work you have to put in and you just you just go for it um never say never always you know 
believe in your dream because it could come true and you know look look where you are now and what you're doing with the family you're part of that history now and you're able to create all these lovely memories yes motorsport has its ups but it also has its downs but you can all like come together as like a little community and and share that experience and what I've seen over the years how other teams like your competitors help one another and that that is just phenomenal and I bloody love it I absolutely yeah. love it yeah oh, just calm down for a moment so, <laughs> talk to about some opportunities that you've had already um what other opportunities have you managed to get involved in that we haven't spoke about well, I sort of touched upon it, but Classic Sports Car Club. Um, so, like I said, my dad my dad used to be a chairman for them, stepped down to help with Alistair's motorsport stuff. Um, and so over the years, we found that actually with Clarks, of course, and sort of have just a bigger role than people would expect, it's not just telling everyone off. Um, it's sort of running, <laughs> not a, you have to run after people as well get them to come to the office i i was completely unaware that there's actually a 30 minute window which which means you've got to get everyone in talk to them within 30 minutes and as a competitor when you're penalized luckily touch wood that doesn't happen to us too often but when you don't think about that you all you, all you can think is i don't want to get those penalty points i don't want to get in trouble so we have to find those people within 30 minutes um and it's sort of been a developed role over covid because we didn't want people like walking up to competitors and i think exposing themselves too much um so we sort of developed like a mid admin mid clerk of the course role um so where you do a lot of the telephoning you go and also because of G- like a global um gdpr that's what one we can't actually give phone numbers um, over the radios. We can't give license numbers over radios. And places like Castle Coombe, you have to, the admin office is downstairs, Clark's office is like upstairs. And it would meant that everyone was running up and down the stairs all the time, weren't seeing people like the right competitors. Um, so what we developed is a way that I'd do the running um, and I would go downstairs, get the, get the phone numbers, call the people make sure they're there um sometimes we have to escalate that and it's better for me to do that so we you know I've, I tried to explain I was explaining to someone who might take over my role for some weekends I can't do um so you do some of the text you text them you call them find driver reps if they don't come you then go find them in person tannoy systems it escalates over a long sort of system to make sure they are there and as we're quite a friendly club where there isn't that much contact we try and sort of deal with the contact that does happen so that people don't get that negative reputation. Um, also, just like I said about V-Box systems, we get those cards. And some in my usual job, V-Box systems is used to analyse the data. In this case, V-Box systems do give away a lot of what people are doing on track and are used against them. Um, so we usually... I, because I'm used to that system, some clerks aren't because they don't all do data in their spare time. I download the stuff onto there, make sure the club's got a copy of it, the driver's got a copy of it, but also sort of surveillance, surveillance kind of thing on the fact that some drivers will delete videos after a, a race and you're like, um, we need to see it. 
it's you have to make sure whether that means going straight into Park Ferme and making sure we've got those. Um, so downloading it and sort of projecting onto a TV. We've been very swish with that this year that we've got it because of COVID. We don't want all people like sort of crowding around one little laptop. Um, so we've been doing that. And I think it just helps with basic ICT um, stuff that the clerks shouldn't be wasting their time doing. Um, so it means a lot of lot of steps on a race weekend, um, but it just makes their life easier if I'm doing the admin stuff, like getting their race license from admin people. So that's a good sort of experience. That's kind of a great insight of what Clark of the Course does, because obviously you, you hear this like stewards inquiry and other bits. And obviously Clark of the Course is a really important role um, and it's a volunteer role, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if people are interested in volunteer, voluntary roles, obviously in the past we've spoken to marshals, get to Motorsport UK and it will give you all the, all the information for volunteering. Is that correct? Yeah. And the role I do is not, as of yet, actually rolled out to many clubs. Um, and it's not really, it's not an official Motorsport UK role. It's kind of like a hybrid between sort of admin and clerk of course but our club is always looking for someone to do any volunteering role so if you were to talk to classic sports car club they are actually looking for people to do what I do and generally anyone can volunteer but actually any club I know that BRSCC always advertise most sport days live they they will give you a long list of jobs you could ask about there's plenty of clubs out there that have got volunteering roles but as well as talking to most sport UK there can be sort of like my role hybrid versions but they just need an extra pair of hands and it gives you strings to your bow when it comes to doing your cv as well yeah yes definitely <laughs> it's always good um to do volunteering i think it's a great insight also you're giving up your own free time but when it involves your own particular passion it yeah. doesn't matter at all um i am looking into it myself because the passion just keeps growing and growing and to be honest I just want to get more involved in um I suppose in a way I feel like I still need to give something back obviously I'm giving you lovely ladies exposure but I feel like I still need to give something back if that makes sense yeah my I was rec actually recommended to do it by the um degree I've applied for um, National Motorsport Academy and one of the things is um, it's a flexible degree and so one of the things it can be for people that you know haven't been in school recently and a bit like like an equivalent to Open University but for motorsport and actually one of the big things they said is getting that motorsport exposure and volunteering and they, they've sort of advised a lot of people. And when I was sort of ending year 11, starting year 12, I saw that and actually thought, yes, I've got that motorsport experience, but they're recommending volunteering. And actually that sort of helps and gives that sort of greater understanding of everything that goes on behind the scenes. Nice. Like it. Right. Listen, people, do what she says. Go on the website, have a look and get involved because that's what makes motorsport fun oh my god <laughs> funny then um right now like i mentioned earlier motorsport has its downs and 
this was a mega down for you guys. So from research, are we right to think that you had a bit of a tough ride at Snetterton? Yeah, that was, I think, our biggest down we've ever had in, I think we've been doing this since Alistair was little, so, and he's 40, so mm. a long time. Um, and so, yeah, the it's quite well known, Snetterton, mm. our, we had a truck fire, um, our beloved truck of, we had it for a while, I know, vehicles get changed a lot but we actually had that truck I think about 13 years and I'm 17 so we've had so I remember that when I was little um and I think Alistair was emotional about it as well because he had some one championships in that truck one series in that truck so it was a tough tough one um so but I've had childhood memories with that truck um but if I think to this day if you still if you search up Alistair Rush Motorsport, it's one of the first things that that comes up. Or if you search up Snetterton, Snetterton Fire is one of the first things recommended. Um, but yeah, it was at British GT, um, and it was it was on a Saturday, and I think we we still get quite a lot of questions about it till uh, today. Um, so my dad barely ever misses any race weekends. You know, he he tries to avoid doing that. Um, we we're he volunteers with me as well but he'll still make sure he can go to as many of Alistair's rounds and now I'm older I try and go to as well um but on this occasion we were actually on holiday in Cornwall and if you think about Cornwall on the map and where Snetterton is that's a fair few hours away um and this is one of the first race weekends we've ever missed Cornwall's quite a long journey from Oxfordshire so we went we went there and as soon as we turned up in Cornwall, we get a phone call from Alistair saying, Dad, the truck's on fire. Um, and I th- not, not many people know that bit because I think a lot of people assumed we were at Snetterton. Um, but yeah, he was, he, was, he was distraught about it. And I think all of us were as well. And it, it just completely, we were away in Cornwall for a week um, and it just completely sort of covered that whole week. Um, and like dad usually is, she was, he was straight on the case trying to solve things. But we saw, I we had actually, um, I've seen a lot of motorsport fires in the past, but one of the biggest things I would always say to someone, never record a fire. And th- that weekend we felt why, because we, you know, the first thing we saw, you know, I didn't really know much about it, but when I went on my phone, because I follow British GT, everything, I saw videos of, of, of our truck on fire and I didn't know what was going on. Um, so I just want to say that big was don't ever film a fire. No matter how interesting you think it is or how curious you are, we saw, we found out about it that way. Um, it's a very sad truck, looking truck as well. Um, but there was, everyone was fine every, health-wise. Everyone was okay. Got, and the cars luckily got recovered. Um, the bit, the the sketchy bit there was that there were no no wheels on the cars on air jacks, and I think a lot of people are seeing that picture with the awning full of smoke. Um, but race sort of race equipment is very flammable stuff. There is, you know, there's a lot of fuel in that truck and everything. Um, and I, it did did sort of shake us quite a lot. Um, 
and it postponed one of the biggest things it postponed British GT I think a lot of people saw it um that way and it's just it's I think someone said to me no press is bad press but it's one of those one of those sort of moments where searching up Alice Rush from motorsport and seeing that is a, still to this day is a little bit sketchy and for makes you feel a little bit like hmm. I wish I wish we wish we had a race win on there instead yeah. um but we so we had lots of support that that weekend um there was a GoFundMe put up um not not by us um there was I think there was also one for our driver but that was got put up as well um and lots of people, you know, Janetta offered stuff. We got offered hotel rooms, clothing, trainers, whatever, whatever we got. And so we we were in the one to race um, awning for the for for the Sunday. Um, my dad felt quite helpless because you know this is the first time, and to drive to Sneston would have been I think it was about five hours or something. Um, but it was the it was sort of the main compartment of the trap, not the driving part. If it was the driving part that would have that would have obviously caused issues like actually getting there. But this this was Alistair's whole livelihood just dest- destroyed within within sort of within minutes because those sort of vehicles, you know, get really sort of in the fire very quickly. Um, but we did race the ne- the, the the next day. Um, so we so we did push through um but it was yeah it was it was very tough and i think we've got a new truck now um and we've had it for a few months now um but it's you know you walk into it it's just not it's not the same it's not as homely well i'm we're very fortunate that we have this truck um and you know it's it's got it looks very fancy and you know it looks nice and everything um but we're just trying to warm it into be our new home compared to the old truck that definitely even though it may not have looked as fancy it, it definitely felt like a home from home so it was a massive a massive setback but um I think my brother would want me to say this as well we are thankful and grateful for, for anyone that whether it was little comments on our posts um or actual support and you know there was fire the sort of fire extinguishers I think we used about 85 on that on that one truck um and we're, we're, so, we're so thankful that people did come for, for that to you know to help us out and I'm still to this day I went to Snesterton recently and I was just getting getting my lunch and someone turned around and went how's everything with the truck so it's you know the, we're still getting really kind comments now and so yeah we are grateful for that but it's it's one of those one of those things that will stick with stick in everyone's mind for a long time. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. that. And oh my god, what a traumatic experience to go through as well. Um, some of that I didn't even know about. So again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for sharing that because that that's very emotional. Um, and I think this touches on my next question: What makes motorsport good? You've explained it in a nutshell um how people off their own back just come in and just help and get you back on your feet that that is motorsport yeah definitely I think it's what I think um because like I said I do some of the social media um and you know it's not something that you know Alistair just been involved with the fire he couldn't have sat down 
and wrote something. Um, so I so I wrote a little bit um, down for that post, and that, that actually still to this day, according to Instagram Insights, is our our biggest thing. And we and there's hundreds of comments we got on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and you just you just see that actually you know whatever championship people are in, whether they're in Club One Hundred or they're doing British GT, we've got people um, from even higher up championships than that, you know, comment and everything. That seems like a little gesture, but just to know people are sort of thinking, thinking of you and everything like that is, is a big part of motorsport because no matter how professional of a driver are you, people still, people still come together at the end of the day. So I think def- definitely that's a big part of what makes motorsport good. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. It and obviously that's such a, like a lovely story to he, hear about how like the whole motorsport community came together and what it means to so many people because obviously people share that same passion that you and your family have. So I think that's why they wanted to also obviously chip in and kind of show their support in 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 that way, not just like through social media. Like they actually wanted to help. So. And it also makes you realise how small that motorsport is in, in the aspects of things and how many people want to learn and like help each other. And yeah, so honestly, thank you. Thank you so much, Charlotte. So yeah, but thank you for that. That's all right. So now, Charlotte, where can we find you on social media and where can we find you and the team? Yeah, tell us all. Plug away. <laughs> so my personal one is at charlotte rush x4 i don't know how i came up with, with that name to be honest but everything's to do with it's to do with four in my family um 44 being my brother's number um but i'm also a lando norris fan so I, the four <laughs> also rush four so um but the the main one i should plug is obviously alice rush with motorsport so that is literally just at alice rush with motorsport on instagram um or you can search us up on facebook as well and twitter you'll probably find a lot of snest and fire content when you search those things up on google so probably go to instagram to facebook first that that way you'll see what our amazing fiesta juniors um are doing and also duty five drivers as well i should mention amazing. now thank you for that charlotte thank you oh we'll be doing some searching now before we go <laughs> ellie's favorite bit whoop, 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 whoop. this is my favorite bit so yeah ever since i've been doing the podcast all I'm going to say is, I, I always tell this to every guest that comes on, I'd like to apologise in advance, because this could be the hardest question that you will ever, ever answer, Charlotte, honestly. Wouldn't you agree, Deb? Oh, oh most definitely, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to apologise in advance, but yes. <laughs> so, are you ready for the question? Yes. Charlotte. I think so you'll know in season one as a bit of fun we've been asking our guests their favorite song <laughs> to listen to when driving or what what you what you listen to essentially when you're in the paddock getting ready doing your data engineering like what what can you hear in the background that's what I always ask and because we're building a very big shall I say it's now long-standing playlist on Spotify right it's brilliant so where 
can we find this song and what would you like it to be tonight, Charlotte? Take it away. <laughs> so this is a very obscure suggestion, but as it's been played a million times in our awning, um, it's not the, the usual sort of garage music, but it's been played all the time um, in, in the backgrounds of Alistair Ruff Motorsport content when Alistair was doing MGs. So I'm going to say Wonderwall Oasis. Yeah. Wow, yes. So believe it or not, we've, we've got such a collective mix. We've got probably okay. a lot of rock. We haven't really got that much like dance. Like it's kind of like shifted. So would you agree like from dance like to pop to rock? Like we've had yeah. a lot of ACDC, a lot of anything along them lines. Now we've got an indie track. This is insane. Thank you. I, I love Oasis. So that is definitely going on. Indeed. Kev is doing it right now as we speak. I, <laughs> I can just I can just see it concentrating. That's how I know she's putting it on. You can, you can tell I'm like looking in this going in the search bar going right. In this playlist, way. that's what you're looking for. Yeah, right. I'm literally add playlist, season two podcast drive playlist. It's on. Here we go. Here we go. What an epic tune. Love it. Thank you. Thank you for that, Charlotte. To be fair, it's, that was quite an easy one, I think, for you in, in comparison yeah. to other people we've had on. Normally, I have to think about, oh, pick a top three for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that one, I think, I think that's not exactly modern or anything, but that's Doesn't definitely matter. from, like I said, Alistair loves Oasis and um, that's been played in the MG awning, but also now uh, probably can be heard, heard somewhere in the genetic side of the British touring car paddock. So if you hear that, that's probably us. <laughs> Amazing. And, I, and I bet that song now has more meaning after yeah. all, all the things that you've gone through. That means a yeah, lot more. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah. Cool. Right. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for speaking to us tonight, Charlotte. It's I've I've absolutely enjoyed it. It's been very insightful. Just talking about the your family, your involvement in motorsport. I've I think it's been very eye-opening, and I hope it is for our audience. Yeah, thank you for having me on here. No problems at all, Charlotte. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And We'll, we'll keep searching for you on the socials and all the best for this season and yeah, thank you. hope the family does very well. Yeah, thank you. So it's goodbye from us. Bye. 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 So how sweet was our chat with Charlotte? Please go and show us some love on our socials. Also, feel free to send us a message and any questions you might have for her. Show some love for our podcast by leaving us a review liking and subscribing that's the important thing plus don't forget to share your favorite episode to get as many people's get this episode in as many people's ears as you can because remember your help helps others thanks for listening to the b velocity podcast stay tuned for next week's episode or if you'd like to get involved in building our global community then please do get in touch on our socials and now it's goodbye from me. And I'm going to say goodbye now. <laughs>
driven. Creative. Velocity. B. Velocity. B. Velocity.